everyone, and welcome to the Riverfront. This is episode number 456 of the world's most dangerous podcast, where we discuss the Cincinnati Reds and occasionally Blake Sable. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me this week, the Podfather, Bill Lack. Welcome back, Bill. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me back. I didn't want to, but I ran into a, a, an issue that I couldn't avoid you. So, when you, you know, when you can't get anybody else, I mean, when, <laughs> when you're when you're turned down by everybody, then you say, "Bill, you know." Yeah, I'm sorry. That's the truth. That's actually not the truth at all, Bill. Glad to uh, glad to get you back. Before we go further, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button and smash the subscribe button. If you're listening to the audio version, uh, why not uh, subscribe or follow or whatever your little podcast app says to do? Um, automatically have us delivered uh, into your phone or your computer or wherever. I don't know. Wherever where you find podcasts. All right, let's, uh, let's get into the Reds. And again, you know, for a since this is something we talked about the last couple of weeks for a team that's really not doing anything. Uh, there is some news to discuss, and I want to begin with the comments of one Kyle Farmer. In a what's becoming an annual tradition now, departed players have interesting things to say about the Cincinnati Reds. And uh, over the weekend, uh, Kyle Farmer, who was obviously traded to the Minnesota Twins a couple of weeks ago, said this to the Cincinnati Inquirer's Charlie Goldsmith. No one understands that everyone wants to play in Cincinnati. They want to be in Cincinnati. Castellanos wants to be back in Cincinnati. Sonny wants to be back in Cincinnati. Wade wants to be back. Tucker wants to be back. Everyone who comes there wants to stay in Cincinnati. It's not like people who leave are happy to leave. It's that they just can't keep them around. It's kind of sad. Everybody loves Cincinnati. It's a sad thing that we all can't stick around. Now, without getting into whether or not we want Kyle Farmer to stick around, or the, all the Castellininess of it all, because I mean, we know uh, we don't have to, uh, you know, unpack the reason why all these guys are gone. We that, know that, that dead horse has been beat the exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, but I do want to unpack this idea that, uh, you know, what, what Farmer says: everyone wants to be in Cincinnati. Everybody loves Cincinnati. Um, and I, I want to ask you: is there is there something to that? And if so, what is it? What what would make it a, a place that players would like to be and that players are happy um, if, you know, cause you, you're checking the winning thing out of it. Is there something, I don't know. I just want to try to unpack that a little bit, see if uh, it's just sour grapes that he didn't want to leave or, but we're hearing it. We hear it from every guy that leaves just about, what, you have any thoughts? Well, I, 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 admit, I try to always try to admit my prejudices and, and I'm 63 years old and I've lived here for 59 of those years, other than the four years I was in the service. Um, I think as opposed to a lot of the big cities that have major league baseball, Cincinnati's a, a great place to raise your kids, especially if you have money and, and there's not, there's not a baseball player that doesn't have money. Uh, you can live affordably. You can get a, you know, a nice place in, you know, in a nice safe area. You can send your kids to good private schools, which I bet most of them do. Uh, there's a lot of nice restaurants. It's a, it's a great place to live. I mean, and, and I, you know, without without going after some other cities that I wouldn't want to live in, you know, bigger cities that have Major League Baseball. Um, I, I I would think that St. Louis is probably pretty comparable, even though I think St. Louis is a little bit bigger town. Um, but you, but what's weird is you don't hear them, you know, you don't hear these kinds of things about Cleveland, or maybe we just don't hear them. I don't know. Uh, Kansas City is, you know, a place that's probably pretty similar, I would think. Um, and then there's the tradition of the, of the team, you know, the oldest team and, and, you know, 
big red machine and all of those things too, which I maybe has an effect, but I, I just really think it's probably the Cincinnati area and, and then, you know, Northern Kentucky and it's a good place to live. Yeah. And I think that is a big part of it without question. And it's a different place to live than most other MLB markets mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Also, you know, there's probably something, the fact that listen, great American ballpark is a nice park, good facilities. Um, the fans, frankly, are not, uh, you know, uh, insane. Some are, like me. But, I mean, you know, it's it's not a, a pressure-packed place to play. There's no, there's no uh, you know, chatter all the time on every sports talk network and every podcast and screaming from the stands about why do you suck so much, you know, like you'd get if you were playing in Queens, for example. Um, so I, there's, there's probably something that it's a low pressure situation, um, mm-hmm. nice area. Um, you know, and, and the truth is if you're not, if you don't care about making money, uh, or winning, it's, the, I mean, but then again, you don't care about making money. You still make some money here. Not now, not on the current team. Only one, two players are making money, uh, real money on the, the, uh, even if you're, even if you're a young guy and, and you're still making good money, it, it beats digging a ditch. I mean, you know, it beats flipping burgers. Unless sure. You're, unless you're Corey Dillon, you know, he used to play for the Bengals. He said he'd rather flip bang- burgers and play for the Bengals. But <laughs> I, I think your I think your outlook on the fans and the and the press, the local press are also point on. Uh you don't get the the, the media pressure here that you that you get in, in a lot of other markets. Uh and the fans, you know, aren't as extreme. You know, you, you very rarely see a player get booed in since a home player get booed in Cincinnati. Very I couldn't even tell you the last time I saw it happen. Uh, so, you know, that, like you said, that takes a lot of pressure off, 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 off playing somewhere. The last one that I can think of, and there's probably been someone since, but the last one I can think of was what, uh, 2000, 2001, uh, Danny Graves. Danny Graves. He had to flip off a yeah. uh, fan to, to, uh, to get that honor. Uh, newly uh, minted Reds Hall of Famer, Danny Graves. Yeah. Um, so he's been forgiven, I guess. But yeah, I just, I think there's a, there's a, I guess the point that I'm trying to get to is that uh, we are partisans about this team. And we think, you know, I think every single great player should want to come play in Cincinnati because it's my team. And, uh, you know, (laughs) it's me. I'm selfish. But I think what Kyle Farmer gets at, and again, I wanted to focus this away from the nonsense that we talk about all the time, because I think there's a kernel of truth there in that if and when the Reds are good again, this could be a good destination. Um, Because, first of all, when the Reds are good, that park's filled. It's fun. Um, it, you know, I think about 2010, 2012, it was a fun place to play. So um, there are some there are some qualities about uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, I know. If uh, Bill, uh, if you're not watching on YouTube, Bill, I said when, and I knew Bill was going to jump in and say if the Reds are ever good again. And that's, you're assuming that at some point they're going to be good again. Right. I hope it's in my lifetime. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's never been a real free agent destination or some place that is in the mix. That's mostly just because of ownership. That's because there's, we've not had owners that are willing to make it in a, an attractive location financially. Um, and that's becoming more apparent by the day. Well, it is. It's, it's extremely apparent. Again, uh, not to uh, bag on Castellini any more than we already have, but. We'll do that uh, later. We'll do that later <laughs> and in future episodes, believe me. But, you know, we've been talking a lot about the San Diego Padres, man. They just keep spending money. They're just trying to spend money. They want to win. And uh, our buddy Joe Farsing, host of the Riverfront Bengals show, you need to go listen to that. They had a good episode 
came out uh, today, recording this Thursday. But he said this, the Padres have a similar TV deal to the Reds. This is what he said on our Slack channel. Um, if you're a, a, a Patreon, you can uh, get on there and talk nonsense with us. But the Padres have a similar TV deal to the Reds. The Reds actually get $2 million more annually. So both teams get about $110 million a year from national and local TV revenue. Padres don't have a huge national following. And Joe surmises, I would imagine the Reds are more popular uh, nationally than they are. Probably true. And while San Diego is a bigger metro area, they are completely dwarfed by L.A. two hours away. So there's no reason to think they're getting a much larger regional share like since he gets from Indianapolis, Louisville, Lexington, Dayton, etc. Um, so uh, why can't Bob slash Nick explain how San Diego spent twice as much in peril in 2022? Um, literally, uh, almost exactly twice as much. And likely that we've spent three times as much in 2023. Well, the reason why they can't, can't explain that is they don't have to explain that. What you were just saying a moment ago. Who's going to ask him that question? Yeah. No one. Well, and you guys were talking. I think it was last week about the 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 last payment that they got the Major League Baseball got from Disney, and it was what was it thirty million more that the Red? And yeah, there has not been one iota in the local media asking where that money was going to be spent because nobody wants nobody will ask that question. The truth is you can hardly blame them for not asking the question. When you see that uh, Bob Castling went out to try to get Hal McCoy, a local institution, fired for asking questions that were inconvenient or writing things that were inconvenient to the club, um, it, it's not surprising. And with the lack of competition locally, I mean, it is what it is. Those questions aren't going to get asked. But it's, it's their job. It's their job. Is it, though? Yeah. It's is it? Do you think they consider it their job? Do you think their bosses consider it their job? Or is their job to maintain what a good, good relationships with, with the Reds? What are they what are they gaining by that? Access. Yeah, but to, so what? I mean, are they gonna are they gonna are their ratings gonna go up or or down or sell more papers or whatever by telling a story about how badly this team is being run and how the ownership all they care about is make is sticking money in their pocket or because or, or talking to some guy that went over four and struck out three times well but uh, you know they can pull your access to players to uh well but if you're a writer and you want to write about these players it it's not a, an irrational act i i understand what you're saying but i don't believe it would happen that would, um, for the Reds, that would be cutting off their nose to spite their face. What do you think is going to happen the next time? Uh, the Reds gave me access to Joey Votto for the piece I did for uh, Cincinnati Magazine before last season. What do you think the chances are that the Reds will, uh, Rob Butcher and the Reds will ever give me access Never. to another player no. if I need it? But, but we're, we're, I shouldn't, I, I'm throwing myself into this equation too. We're not mainstream media. Do I think there should be a big difference? No, but there is. You know the TV stations and in the papers and, and that kind of thing. They're different than we are. Well, uh, I'm different than you are in many ways, and I think uh, my lucky star is every day for that. Me too. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no. But you know, again, Cincinnati Magazine is not some huge uh, magazine, but they requested the credential on my behalf. They requested the access on my behalf. It ran in the print magazine, not you That's know, true. A, a, That's a good point. A blogger or something, and I guarantee you. Again, that's the only time I've ever asked for uh, for that kind of access because I want to be free to say whatever I want to say 
And my editor at his name magazine says, go to it. Say whatever you want to say. We don't care. Cause they went through the ringer when they said some bad things about Brandon Phillips and they got dragged through the uh, mud and they just decided as a, well, as a company, you know, we don't it, care. It would be an interesting test case to get you and Cincinnati magazine to try to get you access on opening day or something. And, 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 uh, and, 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 and because if they turn you down, then that's a story. It's a story for me to write. No one else will, will care about it. Um, I think, I think, well, I, I think if you can, if you can flesh it out and, and make it be a bigger story than just about you, but about the, the, the Reds burning the city down and, and being, a, and, and taking it out on anybody that has the nerve to, to you know, the emperor has no, has, is wearing no clothes. I mean, that's the kind of what the story is. The Castellinis, you know, look at, look at it when, when goofball on opening day last year, where are you going to go? You didn't see him again the rest of the season. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, but you, I, you may be right. I don't know. You know, this is an interesting conversation. I will not be, unless there's some. There is a there is a piece that I, that we're putting together for the opening day issue, the uh, the issue that runs around opening day. But I don't think I'll need access uh, to write that that story. Um, but it would be interesting. It would be interesting to see. I just you know, I think back to the the dumb billboard thing which was just some yahoos us, you know, basically just trying to, trying to provoke Phil essentially is what it ended up being, uh, you know, just trying to provoke. And it worked and it worked. <laughs> and in the context of what all went happen, I'm not saying that the billboard should have been some kind of huge story that it should have, you know, run on the, uh, every single day at the front above the fold front page. But I will say this, it was a story. Mm-hmm. It, it was a story that uh, at local all the local television stations picked up on um, and uh, did multiple pieces on it. Again, not because it's some kind of huge groundbreaking thing, but it was a story, especially around Phil's comments. Not a single print publication, either uh, online or actual print, wrote a word about it. Right. Not a single one mentioned it. It was not mentioned a single time on uh, WLW or ESPN 1530. And I had someone tell me, we can't talk about it on the radio. I love it. I love what you're doing. We can't talk about it on the radio because of our relationship with the Cincinnati Reds. So I think, but to circle back to where we were before, that is why it really might be a a, a really good place to be if you're not Phil Castellini. If you're a player, uh, I can see why people would want to be here because they have a stranglehold on the local market. Yeah, for right or wrong, that's probably true. Yeah, you know the thing is, you you were talking about it was covered by the TV stations, but I bet you, and and it wasn't sports people covering it, was it? It was their general reporters. Uh, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, so that, that yeah. makes your point. Even you know, again, well, makes your point. Yeah, right. It was a, it was a tiny little story. I'm not trying to blow it up to be anything more than it was, but it was a part of the story. It it, it was. Uh, the silence was deafening. The only people that would talk about are people that don't have a, or don't depend on their relationship with the Reds. I, I would, and I haven't talked to Chris in quite a while. I would be Chris, curious. Chris to, Welsh you're talking about. Yeah, I'm talking about Chris Welsh. I'd be curious to know, if, if, if see if, because Chris has never, when I've ever, I've never had Chris tell me he can't answer a question. If I asked him, if we asked him, was he, were, were they told, you know, to stay away from this. He would tell us whether they were, I would think, because Chris has never said, I can't talk about that. I, he's never said that to me. I don't know if he's ever said it to you. No, never. 
Um, I don't think uh, I'm going to, I don't think we should be asking Chris to appear anytime in the near future. And I'll tell you why. Um, I'm trying to think how to uh, phrase this. How to phrase this. Yeah. But um, I I guess there has been a, uh, I don't know that it was a memo was sent out, but uh, there's been some discussion that, Appearing on this show might not be good if you're an employee of really, Reds. yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll tell you about that later. I wish I could say, but I'm not going to divulge any confidences. But uh, well, yeah. and you brought up Rob Butcher before, and, and it's not like this is new with, with dealing with him. We've never been able to, you know, dating back to the the old podcast to to the hell to, to the you know, the, the old Reds listserv, they wouldn't, yeah. you know. They, you know, he, he's never been a believer in anything but papers and magazines and TV. It's true. It's true. And that whatever, he's an old school. Um, most other franchises have already learned that, you know, there is the digital media is real media. Um, now, the only time I tried to get access with the Red Leg Nation was the first uh, press conference uh, that Castellini uh, when he bought the team. And I was excited. I mean, I wanted to, I was wanted to show up and just, I don't know, uh, maybe ask a question, but just at least uh, be present at the press conference. And they said no, because, you know, you're a blogger, which whatever. Okay, fine. Um, it is, uh, that was their consistent pitch forever. And so I just, I never asked for access again right. after that. The only time they would try to get grant us access, if you will recall, is when they could bring us, uh, you know, uh, somewhere. Yeah, they and, they, when you used to write letters, you used to get some good perks. <laughs> yeah, they would. Uh, or, yeah. One time I wrote an open letter and they, uh, they gave me some uh, backstage uh, tour and on, on the field. And, and we you know, used to, they used to host us in these, uh, you know, oh, gooey, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, just to basically schmooze with us and try to get us to like them essentially. And those were great. Those were absolutely phenomenal. But, you know, they were, yeah, they were fun um, and it was good, but it was, it was clear what they were doing, but anytime, but we were just, they wanted to manage us essentially, you know? So, they can't manage me. But, you know, <laughs> that bit won't stay in our mouth. We'll spit that bit in a minute. That's you right. Know? I'm too. Uh, I'm too done with. I've been through too many years of this nonsense. So, but anyway, I just thought that was an interesting, um, yeah, co- conversation around Cal Farmer's comments. That um, I think he he makes a point there. That's an interesting one for us to discuss outside of the again, as I said, the Castellininess of it all. Yeah. All right, so there was the most Reds uh, story of all time this week. Uh, Not of all time, but it's pretty close. I love this. The Reds selected Blake Sable in the Rule 5 draft. Blake Sable was a uh, seventh-round pick in 2019 out of USC. Um, And so the Reds, uh, he'd been with the the Pirates organization. So when the Rule 5 draft came up, he wasn't uh, on the 40-man roster. He was eligible and the Reds selected him within, you know, within hours, an hour or two, the Reds traded him to the Giants for cold, hard cash. I just, it was, I know that uh, almost certainly the Reds weren't going to pick anyone. And the Giants said, Hey, I don't think this guy's going to drop to us. Can you pick him? But just the optics of the Reds drafting someone, the rule five draft, having, uh, some some praise for the guy as being a potential contributor on the big league level uh, that we'll talk about in a moment. But and then the Reds turned around almost immediately and traded him for cash considerations. Uh, and I'm supposedly a player to be named later, but it just, the optics of it were, yeah. Got ahead you know, of money, baby. <laughs> dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Um, I just thought it was hilarious. It's not really a story, but 
I'm, well, and, and, and what's really funny when you think about it, I mean, this guy plays outfield, plays some first base. His his numbers are decent. I mean, he's not you know a great prospect, but he's a you know he's a prospect. Reds have no outfield prospects, so they get this guy for free, and then they turn you know and, and they train him for I think it's a player to be named later and cash. Yes. And yes. and when was the last time a player to be named later was anybody? Oh, this one's probably going to be somebody. I'm guessing, as someone suggested to me on Twitter, it's probably going to be Brandon Crawford because um, we need more shortstops. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Just It's it's hilarious. It, I, it, it made me laugh just, because it's so red. Not my circus, not my monkeys, baby. <laughs> it's so redsy. All right, so there was some uh, some other news on the hot stove. Not really the hot stove in Cincinnati. It's a, sort of a lukewarm stove. But... Um, the reports from ESPN were that the the Reds are among some teams, including uh, specifically listed were the uh, D- Dodgers and the Rays uh, and Brewers, interested in Andrew McCutcheon. No, oh, I thought now, that was Lawrence McCutcheon. It might have, it might have been. <laughs> McCutcheon, of course, is 36. It would have been a lot better if the Reds had got him 10 years ago when he was great. But, you know, he was uh, – he's – He's still McCutcheon-y, and he's better than pretty much anyone else the Reds have in their outfield, as you just noted. So, I don't know. I don't, there's not much analysis to do here, I don't guess, just other than just to note it. Anything you want to add? I, I don't believe he'll sign with him. I do not believe he will be a Red on opening day. The only way is if every other team says, all right, we'll bring you in, but I can't guarantee you a starting spot. You're going to have to come off the bench. Right. Because <laughs> I don't know why you would come to a team that's not going to outbid anyone. And uh, only thing they have to offer is playing time, and they can't offer that. Yeah, there's plenty. Of, there's plenty of playing time to go around out in that outfield. I mean, even yeah. last year, I mean, he wasn't bad. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm okay with uh, with McCutcheon. Again, I'd like to have had him ten years ago. Yeah, but I, I'll take him next year. Absolutely. It comes to something we'll talk about a little bit later that I wanted to mention, but um, if you're not gonna, Jason Linden, our friend Jason Linden wrote this week basically saying, if you're not going to be good, you might as well be interesting. And so, you know, at least he makes the Reds more interesting, even if he doesn't move the needle uh, that much. Like like, like, like slap shot in hockey. You know, that's what they need. They need, like... Exactly. All those exactly. players that are characters. <laughs> yeah, right. Make it Just make it interesting. All right. Um, this week, the Reds did uh, sign some players. They... Very terribly exciting. The Reds have signed... Catcher Chucky Robinson and right-handed pitcher Jared Solomon to minor league deals and invited them to spring training. Chucky Robinson's back. Building. I, feel, I feel so much better. Oh, I'm, I'm ready for my World Series tickets. It's so exciting, Chucky. Of course, it's a World Series of poker. <laughs> this team might be better at uh, at uh, the World Series of poker, more competitive. Um, you, real quick, Reds win – or lose more than do they win or lose more games than they did last year, this year? Uh, they will not lose under games this year. Wow, that's what I, I don't. I don't agree. Well, ex- explain your thoughts, and then I'll tell you why. Well, I the think team, no, the team is absolutely no better. If if anything, it's worse. Your, your pitching maybe your your starting pitching may be a little better because they're going to get mature a little bit. But other than that. I think that the team will – the roster is going to be better. And, and here's why. They were so smacked around by injuries last year 
I just – I can't imagine. Every single player was out. I just – I'm going to presume that that, that that sort of historic, uh, you know, uh, perfect storm of events with an awful beginning of the season, and then that followed up by so many injuries is not going to happen again. And so I don't see him losing any more than, uh, you know, 98, 99 games. <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, they don't know when they're going to get Votto back. He's swinging. He, yeah, kind of. Um, at this point, are we ready to say that India is going to be the player he was two years ago? I'm not. The well, only one, the only one I'm confident in is Stevenson being a good ball player. If he can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, which he, you know. I feel pretty good about India. You know, he. he I hope you're uh, right. He tracked upwards once he got healthy at the end of the season last year, and I don't know. I, I'm not ready to. I, I'm not. I, w- I wouldn't bet the ranch on him being as good as he was right. two years ago. But uh, I, I'm not ready to say that he's definitely not going to be. Um, but he does have to prove himself. No, no question. Uh, Tyler Stevenson has just performed since day one. Right. Every time he's got an opportunity, he's performed. I don't worry about him. I just. His health is, is all that matters to me. The other thing but, with India is with the, with the rule changes, you don't know how how much it's going to how much worse his defense is going to get. Uh, it's true. It's true. You don't know. Um, the other the other thing that we really don't know yet to make this, uh, you know, uh, to to really discuss this adequately is you don't really know who's going to be on the Reds roster. You know, uh, is it may, are they going to get another Brandon Drury, somebody like that? That's uh, you know, yeah. or a, or or a Tommy Pham that wants to rebuild his. Uh, his value um, or destroy his value <laughs> one or the other. Uh, yeah. We you, you just don't know if there's going to be some of those guys and then maybe some of those guys work out, but then, then again, maybe they don't, maybe they don't work out. What if, you know, Drury didn't work out. What if Drury hadn't worked out? What if, you know, Tommy Pham was not great. It was awful at the beginning, but he ended up being roughly average in Cincinnati. What if he had just really been awful instead of just roughly average, then did the Reds lose 110 games, you know, 105 games? Um, so I don't know. There's so many uncertainties. I just I, I'm gonna, and maybe this is me just pinning my hopes and dreams on uh, the Reds being a little bit better because I have to talk about them every week. But anyway, uh, there is that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you're trying to bring me down, Bill. I'm not trying to. It's not me. Blame Mick Crawl. What about Johnny Parada? You ever heard of Johnny Parada? I had Johnny seen that name, but I can, couldn't tell you why I knew the name. Johnny Parada. Uh, that's not how you pronounce his name, presumably, but it's spelled J H O N N Y. So, I hope uh, the uh, and he's the another catcher. Yes, the wonderful Mister Parade. I hope you don't mind me calling you Jahani. Um, yeah, he's a you know I've been with the Boston Red Sox and Giants the last couple of years. He's twenty six. Uh, he is. Uh, there's no reason really to spend much time talking about him. He's you know minor league depth. He's institutional depth. depth. Yeah, organizational yeah. depth. He he will right. be the starting he will be the starting catcher in Louisville. Right, he and Chucky Robinson will be in Louisville, and yeah. uh, they will be up once you know once there's an opening, and there will be an opening at some point in the big leagues. I just hope it's an opening for a backup and not uh, Tyler Stevenson. All right, um, one thing I wanted to discuss here was again, I, I really am trying to stay away from the. Castellini crawl stuff, but uh, Nick crawl, who, as we have noted time and again here on the show is bad at talking. He keeps giving interviews. We cannot encourage him enough. Don't give any more interviews, but he continues to talk. 
And uh, as the local media does, they're very good at transcribing words, which is sort of their job, just to transcribe. And they do that with the Nick Crawl because it's entertaining for all involved. We, in talking about uh, whether they could, uh, you know, add an outfielder or uh, any other offensive upgrades, Nick Crawl says this: "We still have some money available." And then, and then he goes, "A little bit of money." <laughs> We saw some money available. Yeah, we're going to make some moves. No, he goes, we saw some money available. Uh, a little bit of money. That's good. That's because when he said we have money available, his shock collar went off. Right. <laughs> Don't you promise them boy. anything? <laughs> oh, it, that was my first thought was when they uh, sold Blake Sable, you know, for. Uh, yeah, uh, when they got the $12.52 yeah. for Blake Sable. A little more money. They got a little more money now. <laughs> and this this goes back to what I was saying before too. Could you imagine if he'd have made those kind of comments when you'd have been a report, you know, like one of the reporters from the Philadelphia Inquirer or, or, or you know, the New York Post? They 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 they'd flail the skin off of him. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, you couldn't make those. You couldn't have the organizational philosophy the Reds have in a place like that. The owner would be getting flayed every day. Right. And would not be able to handle the pressure yep. of it. Uh, you couldn't undergo what the, the you know the the teardown process like the Reds have if there were any kind of uh, – We're just rebuilding, Chad. Yeah, I know. And there's no pushback except among dumb podcasts. So, yep. um, But anyway, we'll keep trying to push back. It's not having much effect, but whatever. It's fun. I'm laughing. I laugh every week. So, All right. Um, we still have some time left on the show, Bill. A, a, a little bit of we time. We always do. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of time. Next uh, – about that crawl quote and the uh, Blake Sable thing comes our first viewer mail question of the day. These questions, of course, come from our friends at patreon.com slash Riverfront That's patreon.com slash Riverfront where you too can support the world's most dangerous podcast. Bill, I have to tell you, there was, we were up in the air about uh, the show, um, when we we're going to be able to record. That's why I wasn't sure. Um, uh, it wasn't because you were the last person I asked. I just wasn't sure what time of the day I'd be available to record because of some things going on. So I, when I sent the call out for questions on our Patreon, I said, I said, it's me. I don't know who else it's going to be. I knew that it was probably going to be Bill, what, but. He's, I don't know what stiff I can dig up this late in the process. Well, <laughs> a lot of the answers reflected the fact that they didn't know who, who it was. And the first one comes from our friend Seth Shaner. Seth says, Chad and the host to be named later. Bill, you're the host to be named later. But you did not come with cash considerations. No, I did not. Even though I'll buy you a beer next time I see you. <laughs> well, I'm going to take you up on that. <laughs> I owe you more than one, no doubt about it, just for you uh, coming on the show. question is this. Is there anything more Reds than to take a usually meaningless Rule 5 pick? Have folks like Kyle Bodie say great things about how smart it was? And Kyle Bodie did. He was uh, Blake Sebel was one of the ones that he specifically pointed out was good. And then to sell him off so Bob could redo the bathroom on his yacht. As Chad likes to say, what a time to be alive. Have a great holiday season and go Bengals. P.S. Chris Garber had the tweet of the week in response to Nick Crawl saying the Reds have some money available. Chris said, I have some money available too. I'm spending it on the Bengals. <laughs> Love it. Love it, Chris. Um, yep. So uh, is there anything more Reds than that? It's pretty close to – it's pretty much on brand, isn't it? It, it is the, the epitome. I mean, it just shows everything you need to know about this franchise right now. You know, um, I follow the uh, the European football and been following the World Cup uh, pretty closely. But uh, during the Premier League, uh, when the Premier League hops, starts back up, I'm a Tottenham Hotspur fan, as as you all know, that if you've listened for any amount of time. And there is a um, 
a, a, a phrase that's used around Tottenham, which is that's so Spursy. That's so because they, if they're finding themselves in a good situation, they'll figure out how to screw it up. You know, they're up two goals, they'll figure out how to get, uh, give, give away three goals. That's so Spursy. If they're leading, and this has happened uh, in recent years, they're, you know, leading uh, a ch chance to uh, win the uh, Premier League, they're going to do something to blow it up in the last couple of weeks and lose. That's so Spursy. And so this question made me think. Um, we need to start using that. That's so redsy. That's so redsy. That's so redsy because this is. You say, is there anything more reds? Yes, this is. This is so redsy. Either so, that or that's so Castellini. That's so cast. I'm just trying to stop saying that guy's name so much. <laughs> Castellini. -y. Castellini. -y. Um, <laughs> uh, Bill, you sent me. Uh, before we get into all of your email questions, a couple more things quickly. But you sent me uh, an email this week that you uh, you copied me on an email to the poor season ticket uh, or the ticket to office in Cincinnati because they had reached out to you. You want to just briefly talk about that because it was funny and it was also, oh, you know. I, I got this this email from, and I love the guy's name, Morgan Workmaster. Fantastic name. I want him name? on my team. Do you think that's his real name? I, <laughs> if you work I, with the Reds, would you want to use your real name? Well, that's a good point. I might use a pseudonym, but uh, that is a fantastic name. Kudos to Morgan. But it starts out, you know, I'm reaching out today regarding your previous experience as a season ticket member. And I had a, we had a package a few years ago. And then there's a whole bunch of nonsense. And then the, and they fill out the paragraph talking about bobbleheads and the Yankees coming in and blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> that there, are, there are countless memories to be made at Great American Ballpark. I like that the two first things they mentioned were bobbleheads and the Yankees coming to town. Yeah. That was, that was fantastic. So, but then they said, how was your, and, 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 I, and I'll admit by this point, I'd kind of given up on what, what reading the thing. And I went back and read it later after I had answered them. And, and I, it, I actually, this next sentence, I had to read like five times before it, to make, before it started making sense to me. And actually, I think my wife explained it to me. And this is a, this is how it reads. How was your experience as a season ticket member and what you want to be a part of the membership? Yeah, I don't understand what that means. I didn't either. I'd love to learn more at your earliest convenience. I did read that part. Yeah. So I responded to Mr. Workmaster. And I said, well, I'm also a part of the group that purchased the Sell the Team Bob billboard and have no plans on supporting this team until I'm convinced that ownership cares about cares as much about winning as I do. Yeah. Uh, I haven't heard anything back from Mr. Workmaster. I'm not surprised. Let me ask you a question. Is this something that uh, do they reach out to you every year as a former season ticket holder? I don't remember. I don't remember ever getting this before. Now I may be, I may be misremembering. I'm all, you know, I've gotten old. And my memory isn't what it used to be, but I don't ever remember getting this other than maybe the year after the year that we didn't renew. Yeah. So uh, that's interesting. They're trying to, you know, I'm sure the season ticket base is way down. Um, so they're trying to rebuild that. And, and look, uh, Kudos to this young man. That's uh, my my two responses were these. Number one, um, God, you, want God bless. You, you want me to read what you wrote? <laughs> no, I'm not sure I do. I don't remember what I wrote, so uh, uh, maybe not. But uh, no, not my bad. first thought, my first thought was, uh, you know, God bless these poor men and women in the ticket office uh, trying, trying to, to do the them, probably and, trying to start their careers and yeah, yeah, they're working. They get a chance to work in MLB. And, um, you know, they're trying to have to try to sell tickets to this, you know, crap show. Garbage is uh, the word you use. Garbage is the word you used in the email. 
Yeah, and, I, and so I feel really sorry for Mr. Workman and the rest of the. I mean, because they have an impossible job and they're trying to do the best they can. The second thing I thought was this. Everyone should do that. Uh, now, be polite. You responded. You were polite. You didn't, you know, it's not his fault. No. You know, um, uh, but you, you said, no, there's somebody else that's caused me never to want to uh, support this franchise again. But I like to politely say, no, I'm sorry. Um, until the Castellinis decide they want to win. Well, you, <laughs> you know, and I, and I, now that I've thought about it, I wish I'd have said that that last year was the first time since 1980 that I have not been to a game, a Reds home, a Reds game. Because to yeah. me, that's pretty damn telling. Yeah. I, w- I wonder how many there are like, because people tweet at me all the time, like, oh, I've done with them. I've been going since uh, X, you know, whatever year. And I wonder how many there really are that have. I mean, I've not been to a game. I think that was, you know, as far as my memory can remember, that's the first time in 42 years that I haven't been to a Reds game. That is crazy. That's a long time. I haven't been inside Great American Ballpark since uh, 2019 now. And I miss it. I do miss going to the Reds game. I like hanging out there. But, um, you know, we had the the 2020 season that was no one was allowed in. And then we had – and after that, I just decided I can't. I can't until something changes. You know, but I have at least two friends that had either half seasons or full seasons and both gave them up. I would love to know what the numbers are. Yeah, the one the one friends they had the ones that had full seasons, they were six rows off the field between home plate and the visitors dugout. They were like even with the on deck circle. I mean, they had great seats. Wow. And gave them up. Gave them up. Wow. Well, Mr. Workmaster, keep up. I mean, really, keep keep working hard. Um, good luck to I, you. No, yeah, absolutely. Good luck to you. But uh, he thought he was going to work for Major League Baseball, and he ended up working for the Reds. Yeah, tough break, <laughs> tough break. But if you are a workmaster, you will find your place somewhere. Absolutely right. All right, last thing before we get into the viewer mail is uh, this piece that I kind of uh, teased a moment ago that Jason Linden wrote at Red Lake Nation. And uh, should have asked Jason to come on here. Um, just so I guess we've discovered now that Jason's below you on the power rankings because I didn't ask Jason, him. That's not true. They, 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 <laughs> he just forgot. That's not true. He just forgot. But he wrote uh, a piece that says the Reds uh, should bring back Johnny Cueto. Go to redignation.com and read it. It's good. But his conclusion is this, and I love it. And this is something that Jason and I, that we've all talked about a lot on this podcast, but certainly Jason and I specifically. Uh, baseball, we forget, is supposed to be fun. Yes, we do forget that sometimes. It's why I'm. Nate and I every week are trying as hard as we can to laugh every week. We got to figure out some way to laugh about this team. If you don't, you're going to cry. That's right. As a wise man once said, baseball, we forget is supposed to be fun. The easiest way to be fun is to be good. But when you can't be good, you can still be a little fun. If you're interesting, the Reds have a chance to make themselves a little more interesting and they should take it. Enter Johnny Cueto. I could not agree more. I'll sign that uh, legislation when it crosses my desk. I will not veto it. Um, bring back Johnny Quaid because yes, that's the same thing with McCutcheon as we said earlier. I, bring back Adam Dunn for all I care. <laughs> Just make it interesting. Put I don't Dunn care. If Bruce, put, stick Dunn and Bruce back in the outfield if they're going to lose anyway. <laughs> bring back some guys that we like. <laughs> you know. Um, so I do. I don't have any specific thoughts about Quaid, but uh, I, I do sign on to. Well, and after the year he had last year, he sure wouldn't hurt us. He would not. He would not. And did you see that he changed his profile picture? Mm-mm. Yeah, on, on, on Twitter uh, last week, he changed his profile picture. It was a picture of him in a Reds uniform. Um, he and Dusty. 
he and Dusty Baker in Reds uniforms. So I don't know if that means he's going to Houston or if he's coming to Cincinnati, but that was interesting. Uh, were you were you surprised that they didn't re-sign Tucker? I, I really thought that was a done deal when you started hearing about it. Yeah, because I think Tucker wants to be back here. I, it really did surprise me, and I, either, I wonder why. Either him or his wife put something on Twitter about coming home, and I assumed they were talking about coming here. Yeah. Uh, I, maybe they talked to him and, and he, you know, he wanted to be able to challenge for the starting spot, which wasn't going to happen here. I don't know. Well, yeah, to, I mean, good luck to Tucker. He's absolutely good. good. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck to Tucker. And, uh, you know, um, he, I'm not sure he's going to have a chance to start anywhere. I don't either. So, certainly the red signed uh, Luke Mail, uh, and he is going to be your backup catcher. But you and I have been saying here for a while that we, we saw how it could have worked out where, they sort of switched roles, Tucker and uh, and Tyler Stevenson, you know, and that and Tucker could finish his career as a as a pretty good backup, and yeah, real he good, still can do that. But I thought about having here. Backup. I mean, well, what more do you need? I mean, there's not that many uh, catchers that can hit anyway. So uh, for a backup, I would have taken him. Yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised. Yeah, it, it surprised me. I, it, when you started hearing about it, you when you start hearing about those kind of things and they're rumbling, they usually end up working out. Uh, that's true. And this one did not, uh, Bill, I've got some breaking news for you. Okay. Breaking news. Oh my goodness. This is terribly exciting. I'm the, Cincinnati, my feet. the Cincinnati Reds, our Cincinnati Reds. No, they're not mine. They're yours. Have signed right-handed reliever Silvino Bracco to a minor league contract for 2023 and extended an invitation to big league spring training. He has a career ERA of 4.88 in 94 innings and parts of six seasons in the big leagues dating back to 2015. Um, he did not pitch in the big leagues in 2019 or 2021. Um, his best season came with Arizona. This is come from, from, coming from Doug Gray's uh, piece at relegnation.com, which you should go read. His best season came with Arizona back in 2018 when he pitched in 31 games and had a 3.19 ERA. Pitched, had three, three appearances with Atlanta last year. So, um, Silvino Bracco. We're set in the bullpen then, I guess, huh? Oh, man. You can see this team getting better. See, I told you they're not going to lose 100. Getting better by the moment. I, I will say this. I hope he does make the roster and plays all year because that's a name that I'm going to enjoy saying on this show. Bracco. Silvino Bracco. Oh, man. Unless it's pronounced Braccio. That's the way we would pronounce it in uh, in Appalachia. Boracho. 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 All right. So there we go. We broke some news here. Um, on the show that no one will listen to for a few hours until I get it posted. Um, let's answer some viewer mail questions here, Bill. The first let's one comes that. from, it's actually our second one. We've already answered one, but again, these all come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfront Rex Scott asks this, Chad and whoever else is there with him. What's the deal, Rex? You can't see Bill. He's right here in front of me. He's been talking for the last, what, 40 minutes. Forever. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, what's the current state of the Reds' farm system, and what does that tell us about the future prospects of the Major League Club? Where does our farm system rank against the other teams in our division? Given that we never seem to be big players in the trade or free agent markets, what hopes can we place in our farm system's ability to make us more competitive? So, I, you know, I'll, I'll sort of briefly answer this one, but I do think this is something that during the offseason we're going to have to un unpack as like the topic, the theme of a show because this is about all we have to be excited about, frankly, right now. But I think that's, uh, you know, you can genuinely be a little bit excited about this portion of the Reds. I'll talk about how I see it playing out, but 
Um, farm rankings are they are what they are. Who knows? You know, but uh, MLB uh, pipeline they have the Reds farm system ranked as the fourth best in baseball, so better than any of uh, our divisional competitors. Um, and you know that's that's good. That's very good. They were before the season. MLB pipeline had them ranked as the fifteenth best. So. Um, Nick Crawl knows what he's doing. We're moving right, moving on up, like the Jets. Well, Nick Crawl does not know how to talk, but now we have we did we have said uh, we got to be uh, intellectually honest here that he did uh, do a pretty good job. If he if you presume he had to trade everybody, well, at least he got good return on most of them. Um, one, two, three, four, five prospects in the top one MLB's top one hundred. Are they uh, all shortstops? <laughs> four of the five are shortstops, and the other is a third baseman. Um, it, Dele- there are no outfield prospects that none that light your fire, you know. So, and there, there was an article in the Enquirer today or yesterday online where they're talking about prospect for prospect trades. So, you know, when when they trade Dela Cruz for an outfielder, I just hope they get somebody good for him. Um, because <laughs> that guy's special, that guy's special. So, uh, you know, you've got uh, in those top 100 prospects, they are uh, Ellie De La Cruz at number 15. I don't know how he's not number one in baseball. Uh, Noel V. Marte, who came over from Seattle in the, in the uh, trade, he's number 18 overall. Edwin Arroyo, shortstop, also came over in that trade at number 55. And then the last two number one, uh, you know, first round draft picks for the Reds, Cam Collier and Matt McLean. So anyway, that, that's to say that there is an argument the Reds farm system is well regarded. We we did not go into the other Redsy news from this week. The lottery draft. The lottery. Oh <laughs> I completely in our outlines we're going to talk about. Yes, Reds. Oh, my goodness. this That's so Redsy. It's it so is, Redsy. You're right. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in just a moment after I finish this uh, okay. thought on the farm system. Um, thank you for remembering that. Um, so there is a path to a competitive franchise in the next couple of years. Okay, the reason why I am not going to be too hopeful about that is not because I don't believe in the farm system. I um, I think we've got a good farm system right now. I think we have players that have a chance to be good. I don't ever count on any of them actually being good until they actually get here. But I think that when you compare it to other farm systems, there's reason to be excited about the Reds farm system. I have no faith in ownership and management taking that next step. You can't just depend on the kids. You can't only depend on the uh, guys from your minor leagues. You have to fill in holes through free agency or other trades. And so I don't trust – I don't think – you may trust them if you want, and that's fine. Trust the process if you like. I see no evidence to trust that they're going to actually be able to take that – turn that corner and uh, turn these good prospects into an actual big league organization. Um, hopefully the 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 – under Dick Williams, the process began of improving the minor league uh, facilities and training and all that uh, so that they will actually develop players but uh, to the big league level. But I'm I'm not optimistic, I'm afraid. I, I, that's the way I'll put it. Bill, any thoughts? No, I, I feel the same way. Uh, I just – I'm from Missouri. you got to show me, you know, uh, and until guys come and compete and, and, and do things right at the big league level, you know, then they're just, but till then they're just guys with everybody says they're going to make it. You know, I, yeah, seen, yeah, I've seen too many Brandon Larson's in my time. Oh, that's so redsy. Yeah. 
So uh, before we move on to the next question, we do need to go ahead and mention the draft lottery. The Major League Baseball held our first ever draft lottery this week. And um, the Reds entered the lottery with the fourth best odds of landing the number one pick. Uh, 13.2%. So uh, the Nationals, the A's, and the Pirates had a, a better chance. But the Reds had the fourth best odds of actually getting the number one pick. And you think after losing 100 games, you should have a pretty good chance to get the number one pick. So tanking and losing 100 games actually ended up not helping the Reds uh, at all because with the fourth best odds, the Reds wound up with the seventh overall pick. That's mm. so Redsy. That's so freaking <laughs> Redsy. It just... Uh, that's our analysis. I, I, I do have a proposal, though, it, it, going back to the minor league system. You know, we used to do we used to do a Reds game. You know, with for the for the Red Leg Nation or whatever, we get a bunch of us together and gonna. I think we do it in Louisville. Yeah, we go down and see De La Cruz before That's he gets idea. up there, before the Reds trade him. <laughs> ah, stop it! <laughs> They'll get a haul when they trade him. Um, that's a good idea. Let's plan yeah. on. Let's plan on. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that out to, to those of you who need to start talking about it in the Slack channel. Let's figure out how uh, Louisville we'll try to get people everywhere from Canada and everywhere else that are in that Slack channel to uh, to come join us. Next question. Speaking of Canada, is from our friend Joey Gaditza. Joey says, Chad and whoever else is with you, please tell me what is the point of Canada? Ha ha! I, I take no offense whatsoever. It's to break the wind coming down from the north. <laughs> You're saying Canada breaks wind. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I saw. I saw somebody tweet that. What's the point of Canada? And I put it in our Slack channel to uh, basically just poke fun at, at Joey. And he did not take offense. He laughed. But uh, I, your answer is as good as any I can imagine. Hooper Powell. I really don't want the team to waste money on signing aging veterans just to fill a roster, but I would put a legitimate offer out on Andrew Benintendi. What do you think? Here's what I think. I don't care if the Reds, quote-unquote, waste money. They have money to waste. That's the first part of that. Um, they should be, quote-unquote, wasting some money. My second thought is, Benintendi is a guy that, again, it, some of this comes back to, do you expect the Reds to be decent in the next two years? You know, um, They're not going to be decent this year, but you could see the path, if you squint uh, hard enough, to the following year, how they could at least uh, start to become competitive and so, as some of these guys in the minor leagues make their way up. Um Benintendi's he'll be 28 next year, so he's just um, had his uh, age 27 season. He's you know he's a pretty good player. He's not great, he's but he's a solidly above average player. And so yeah, I would love to have. First of all, again as we've said many times, we have no outfielders, but he's a solidly above average outfielder who also has a connection to the area, which is always uh, you know seems to be in the forefront of everyone's mind. Except he made eight, um, he made eight and a half million dollars last year, and the Reds aren't going to pay anybody. Uh, they aren't going to pay a guy eight and a half million dollars even on a one year deal. And I don't think he's going to be wanting a one year deal. Uh, he's going to be, you know, he's again. Um, if yep. he's a he's a former All Star, he's a former Gold Glove winner. He's not a superstar, but he is solidly above average. I mean, I really do. I like I like Benintendi. And, and Somebody's going to pay him. And he's not one of these guys that needs to take a one-year deal to rehabilitate himself. Even last year, he was good. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, he is who he is. He's never the superstar that a lot of people thought he might be uh, as a prospect. But there's going to be some team that's competitive that's going to drop some dimes uh, mm -hmm. for him, um, drop the bag. So, yeah, I would love – I think it's a great uh, call. Hooper would love to have him. I don't see it. Um, but I but I say 
that's not wasting money. And um, I, I would like the Reds to think uh, outside of the box is not the right term because a lot of other teams do this, but it's out the, outside the box for Cincinnati. The thing they could do to get me back on board quicker than anything else is just sign Tyler Stevenson. Damn, buy out a couple of his free agent years. Um, buy out a couple of free agent years of India, maybe. Um, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, you know, maybe uh, explore contract negotiations. And then sign a guy like this or two guys like Benintendi to a five-year deal. Because what that says is by the end, of, you know, at some point in this contract, we're going to be good. That's why we're getting someone. They're not going to do this. They're going to have another cheapo year, and uh, and maybe that's the right call where they are, you know, when they are where they are. But it would send a message to yahoos like me that talk that we actually do have some kind of a plan here, and we do expect to see the end of the you know the, the light at the end of the tunnel at some point. Am I insane, Bill? I don't know the answer to that. No, I I, I agree with you. And you gotta, you're not going to get anybody in the ballpark to watch a bunch of guys that they've never ever heard of. So if you, I mean, at least these guys would help put you, you know, McCutcheon or Bendy, these guys would help you put some butts in the seats. Yeah, it would help uh, our buddy Morgan. Absolutely. Yeah. To sell some oh. tickets. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Hooper. I don't see it happening. Um, next question comes from Jordan Salisbury. Jordan says, good day, gentlemen. Chad, you had mentioned your glowing adoration of actor Jason Statham, only the greatest actor in the history of, uh, of the film medium. He's great, says Jordan. Jordan, you're now my favorite. And I was wondering if you've seen what, in my opinion, is his best film, Redemption or Hummingbird. The film has different names depending on what country uh, released it. It is a wonderful film, he says. And I have to say this. Um, I I'm a little disappointed, actually, to be forced to say this publicly. But no, I, uh, you know, I, I'm looking at the, the list of uh, Jason Statham movies that I've watched. I've seen 14 Jason Statham movies, Bill. Have you seen 14 Jason Statham movies, or have you seen zero? I've probably seen one or two. Do you, what, do you keep a database of all the movies you've seen? Letterboxd. Letterboxd.com is a service that I use that, yes, I track every movie I watch because I am, um, frankly, clinically insane. Um, and so hummingbird i'm looking at it now or redemption it literally uh, on letterbox the title of it is hummingbird but they show the movie poster which says redemption which is uh, it was pretty interesting uh, here here's the uh, here's the plot all roads don't lead to salvation all right that's a pretty good uh, tagline homeless and on the run from a military court martial a damaged ex special forces soldier navigating london's criminal underworld seizes an opportunity to assume another man's identity transforming into an avenging angel in the process I'm in. Sounds interesting. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I am in. It's on HBO Max for any of you that have HBO Max. Let's I've all watch it. it this week. And uh, and Jordan, drop in and ask the question again next week, and then we'll we'll, we'll uh, have a discussion about. What, what is the name of it on HBO Max? Is it Hummingbird? Uh, let me see. I bet I can click on it, and it will tell me because uh, Letterbox will link you right to it. Um, HBO Max. All right, now I got to sign into HBO Max. It's either Hummingbird or Redemption. Um, Come on, HBO anyway. Max. Don't be so slow. I, I'm trying to provide you. While we're doing, while we're while we're talking movies <laughs> here for just a second, Linda, my wife and I started watching a movie on Netflix the other day that may have been the worst movie I've ever. We, we didn't finish it, and it was with Allison Janney, who's you know from West West Wing and Mom. It was right? called Lou. Lou. Yeah, it was never heard of it. 
most implausibly stupid movie I've ever seen. Um, so what was it about? Well, we watched for probably 45 minutes and they hinted that Allison Janney was some type of ex-spy, CIA, DIA person. And her neighbor's child gets kidnapped by her ex-Green Beret husband or boyfriend or father or whatever. And they go after this guy in, in, in the pouring rain on this island. And, oh, it's just awful. It was just... <laughs> Not good, is what you're no, telling me. Like I said, it, it, it. I usually, once I start watching a movie, I usually watch them to the end. And this one, I couldn't do it. Um, the movie is called Redemption on HBO Max. Okay. If you have that. I'm going to try that. Since we're talking about it, I guess I shouldn't, but I, I, you, you pulled me in. I saw two movies this week, this past week, that I think are fantastic. Uh, one is on Netflix. It's called Senior, SR period. And it's Robert Downey Jr.'s documentary about his dad, Robert Downey Sr. And, uh, you know, I wanted to see it because Robert Downey Sr. was sort of this gonzo filmmaker in the 60s and 70s. I thought it'd be interesting to learn more about him. And, I know he's a real influence on Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, one of my favorite directors. Well, this thing just ripped my heart out. I mean, it was uh, it was great. It's you know ninety minutes. It's not that long, but uh, four and a half stars. I watched a five star movie this week. The best movie I saw all year: The Fablemans, Steven Spielberg's uh, latest movie. I won't say much more about it other than it's the best movie I've seen in twenty twenty two. But Bill doesn't trust me because I've told him think good things about movies in the past, and he. <laughs> Does not like Paul Thomas Anderson's licorice pizza. Oh man, that's a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> wasn't as bad as wasn't as bad as Lou. Well, there you go. But that's 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 faint praise. Yeah, really. <laughs> David Hurst. A question that we sort of hinted on a little bit, but I think uh, we can expand a little bit on more now. Will Tyler Stevens and Jonathan Indy be wasted by the Reds? I can't remember who brought this up toward the end of the season after the Hall of Talent. Thank you, by the way. Everyone, keep talking about the hall. I love saying that word and, and mocking crawl. But with the next decent Reds team more than a few seasons away, will Indy and Stevenson be in decline by then? I love both players and would love to see them win for the Reds instead of seeing them win with the Dodgers, Mets, or Astros. All right, so uh, two things, and I'll let you uh, jump in, Bill. Number one, keeping them around even the Reds are bad co comes back to the, uh, well, at least they're interesting. They're fun to watch. I like having those guys on the team. Um I think that given the fact the Reds are completely abdicating, abdicating on a second straight season, I think it's pretty fair to presume that winning – I keep saying there's a path to winning sooner rather than later, but there's no reason to believe the Reds are really going to win more than you know, three or four more years down the line. At that point, it's time to re-sign Tyler Stevenson and, and Jonathan India or trade them. Um, and so if that's the case – except for making the team interesting, it's probably smarter to just trade them now and get another haul. But no, I don't, want to, haul. I don't want them to do that, obviously. But um, again, it comes to, it depends on how you see this rebuilding process work. And I think that uh, recent uh, history suggests that it may be more than a two-year, uh, you know, hiatus from a team trying to win. I, I think it's what you were saying earlier, whether you trust that this team, well, when we've, the other thing we've said all along is why would you have any faith that this team is going to stick to any plan? They never have. They never have. And even if yeah. they do, what may, you know, why do you have any sense to believe that they're going to do it right? 
Right. But to me, the the answer to this question is that they'll be playing for somebody else by then. They'll they'll have been traded uh, when they start making a little money. You know, and, and it, it, I think it's become very apparent that this team is not going to sign anybody long term contracts for for an extended period of time. Yeah, yeah. Until the the Mustakis deal burned them so bad that, that you know. Yeah. It's true. I think you're probably right. I, f- I fear. Uh, but the way, again, I keep talking about squinting and seeing, I really think there's a real path, uh, but it depends on, you know, you got to have guys like, uh, you know, Mar- Noevi Marte, Ellie De La Cruz. Those guys are going to be in AAA this year. They're not that far away. And so if you see them debuting maybe late this year or on next year's team, but and you start to build around them for the year after next, 2024, then maybe that team's not going to be particularly competitive, but it's the, the 2009 Reds, or maybe they have a chance to be in the 2010 Reds. You know, um, I think if you peg wow. your uh, plan of quote unquote competitiveness to those, this current group, all of whom are in double triple A now, making it to the big leagues in the next year or two and try to build around them, then okay, it's a fun team. But yeah, I don't trust them. What color is the sky in your world, Chad? I know. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to, I talk about them every week. I'm trying to. Since, since, since you're bringing it up, okay, here's my, my last trivia question or my last poll question for you. Does David Bell survive 2023? Not a chance. I don't think so either. I Not don't. a chance. Yeah, I don't think so. We'll have to unpack that more later. Well, we have one last viewer mail question. This comes from our friend Rich Thompson. Rich has a, has a poll for us as a multiple choice question, actually. What's more fun? A, opening Christmas presents. B, opening a box of baseball cards. Or C, opening your inbox each week and reading viewer mail questions. Um, well, you know, none of those are opening my inbox each week. I guess it has to be in reading viewer mail questions because that's the only thing that I, uh, you know, the other two are things I really love doing as a kid. Christmas presents and opening a box of baseball cards. Um, haven't done those in a while. So I guess it's reading viewer mail questions, but if that's the level of fun I'm expecting, you guys need need to come way harder with these questions. You need to make them way more <laughs> hilarious. So hilarity. Yeah, we need way more, uh, to raise the hilarity meter. All right, Bill, you can answer that or any final thoughts about anything. Mine would be opening a box of candy. <laughs> On Christmas. <laughs> Even while better. Reading, while reading viewer mail questions. And, going, and, and flipping baseball cards. Flipping baseball cards. Ah, oh, man, the dream. Bill, thank you so much for joining us again. This was fun, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we're only we're only like a minute th- or an hour three. This may be this may be a record for you and I. I know, I know. I really thought uh, <laughs> that we would uh, be able to get in under an hour, but that's that, that should be. That that that's never going to happen. Yeah. All right. Thanks to everyone for listening and supporting the Riverfront. Please remember to subscribe to the show either on YouTube or in your favorite podcast app. Just search for. The Riverfront. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're everywhere at Riverfront Cincy on all those platforms. And then once again, a huge thank you to our supporters at patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy. I say it every week and I mean it. This show would literally not be possible without the support of our Patreon family. And we would love for you to come join in our hijinks. Just go to patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy or click the link in the show notes. For Bill Lack and Blake Sable, this is Chad Dawson saying, So long, everyone.